thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday. It's Tuesday, August the 31st. And last night, there was a meeting of School District 73's board, the first school meeting of the new school year. To break it down, please to welcome to the program chair of the board for SD73, Rhonda Kershaw. Rhonda, how are you here today? I'm excellent, Jeff. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for the time. And yeah, I guess we're getting back into the swing of things here. And uh, the first thing I got to ask a little bit about here with you, Rhonda, is the return to school from a COVID-19 perspective. I mean, we got a bit of an update from the government here, uh, you know, within the last couple of weeks. Nothing that really shot off the pages, anything surprising. And it almost feels like it's going to be pretty much the way things were last year without, I guess, cohorts, right? Is that kind of the big difference here this year is we're not going into those learning groups this time around? Yeah, that's the big difference. Um, our, our secondary schools will be going back uh, to semester systems, so something the students are more used to. We are uh, understanding that we will be able to see some uh, school sports and some extracurriculars, so that's going to be fantastic. But a lot of what uh, students and staff saw last year will be very much the same. Uh, masks from 4 to 12, masks encouraged from K to 3, lots and lots of hand washing, and lots of increased cleaning. We're still maintaining that increased cleaning that we put into place last year. Um, one of the things that was also mentioned was a goal of trying to avoid crowded hallways. I believe there was some staggered end of classes at, at some points during last year. Is that something that might continue or, um, you know, how are we going to try to avoid those ha uh, hallways getting all plugged up with people? You know, that'll be a school by school plan. Okay. I don't have uh, I don't have the details of that right in front of me, but schools will be communicating that out to their families over this coming week as they finalize their back to school plans in anticipation of, of seeing students smiling faces next week. Absolutely. Uh, you, you did mention sports, and this is sort of the last thing I want to touch on here, but um, I understand some of the more high uh, energy output events might not be happening. I heard uh, cross country is not going to be going ahead here this fall, but for the most part, otherwise, it seems pretty much back to normal when it comes to extracurriculars and specifically you're talking about the, the sports that kids want to participate in. Yeah, and there might be regional variations, which is what we're seeing with the cross country particularly the interior health, because we do have that increased uh, mandate here in interior health until the end of September. So uh, smaller groupings, uh, the, the 50 inside and the, the 100 maximum outside, our cross-country events would typically be larger than that and uh, harder to, to maintain that mandate. Mm -hmm. So we might see regional variations, but we are hoping that we'll be able to see some sports this year. Awesome. Well, I definitely hope for uh, the kids' sake that that is definitely something that does happen and happens quite smoothly. Uh, switching gears here to wildfire response. Obviously, this is top of mind for everyone here in 2021. Um, the board does have a requirement, you know, to ensure safe air quality. Um, I, I understand, you know, they're obviously everyone is grateful for the blue skies we've been seeing here over the last, you know, number of days, maybe even the last couple of weeks almost, but we know things can change pretty quickly fire season still does have several weeks left in it uh, but what is sort of the main thing that you think parents should probably be aware of the one thing that stuck out to me was just when the air quality index hits that seven or higher gets in that you know extreme range students will be kind of remaining inside to ensure um, that they are, are breathing as clean of air as possible that's more specific to i suppose elementary schools who would be going out for for lunch and recess and participating in you know games and running around on the playground and that kind 
kind of thing. And um, maybe not quite the same rules for secondary schools. That's kind of more geared towards uh, phys ed classes, right, to remain inside and not get into those strenuous activities during gym class. Uh, is that sort of the, the main thing, I guess, to keep in mind here when we're talking about keeping kids safe when it comes to the poor air quality that could happen as we continue to go through this fire season? Yeah, that's that's definitely all the highlights is that, you know, if the air quality health index gets above seven, uh, students will maintain their, their indoor activities. We don't want any um, breathing problems arising from that poor air quality. And we know that we saw a lot of that this summer. We're certainly hoping to, to not have to make these decisions and, and that we're going to see nice blue skies, but we are prepared if, if we do see more smoke. Yeah, and just kind of continuing on that vein as well, there was some talk about potential for evacuation plans, uh, parents who may be working or traveling to other communities while their children attend school might not have time to travel to the school to pick up their students and take them to a, a safe place. So kind of schools do have to have some sort of a plan in place uh, to be able to move kids away to safety. Barrier, you're located in Barrier, and that was sort of noted within the uh, the, the uh, agenda last night as, as a community. You know, we know it's been on a alert for a number of days throughout the summer and, and maybe is a little bit more hyper alert on these kinds of things. But, um, you know, nothing significant within this, but maybe just some communication to parents to make sure that they are aware there is a plan in place if for whatever reason they're unable to pick up their kids when an evacuation is necessary. Yeah, and I think that the other thing to note when we talk about this is that this, uh, while it was put into place, in response to the wildfires, it will be maintained in response to any community alert. So what we're looking at is if a school or community goes on alert, uh, sometimes those alerts can stretch on and we wanted students to still be able to, if, if their families choose, to attend school and not have that interruption. But in, say, the case of Barrier, if we had all of our students in our schools and all of a sudden we had to go from an alert to an evacuation, we actually don't have enough buses in Barrier to evacuate all those students. So what would happen is if a community was on alert, increased buses would stand on standby while students were in school so that if something happened, we could evacuate quickly. Okay, and that, that would apply to any other, you know, place where, where busing would be an issue, right? We're talking specifically about Barrier, but obviously there's other places, maybe like a Sun Peaks. I don't know if that would be falling under the same kind of a category as Barrier. Uh, yeah, Sun Peaks, any of our rural communities particularly, we would see it. Uh, we would actually enact this, I think, even if we had some of our further outlying uh, City of Kamloops schools. Uh, you know, I can think Arl Clemenson is one where we might have to have buses on the ready. Now, they probably right. would, uh, you know, they're, they're much closer. But just having those people available and ready to jump on a bus at a moment's notice if we have to evacuate a school. Perfect. Um Ralph Bell reopening the transition plan that was discussed a little bit. Uh, is there really anything that people need to be aware of in this 2021-22 school year? Because this is more geared towards when we're specifically talking about moving kids from, from different locations to, uh, you know, whether it be Marion Schilling or, or to Ralph Bell, Juniper Ridge. I mean, th that's something that probably applies more to next fall, right? A year from now is when you have to worry about the actual transition part of this. But right now, I guess you're kind of focused on the, the mental health side of things and preparing students if they do have to transfer schools? Yeah, particularly 
particularly in Ralph Bell because it's a, a school reopening. We spend some time with the students that will be going into that school and with their families, just seeing what they want as we're renovating, how they can see themselves in that school. We have a significant renovation and preparation to do to reopen that school. And so we want it to be a really welcoming place for these students to go to. So we start early in the year. We're going to start and, and talk to the students and and get a sense of what their concerns might be, how we can alleviate them, and how we can create a school space that's really welcoming for all. Perfect. Um, I think that's all on that. I mean, the only other thing I really wanted to touch on here very, very briefly is just Dr. Rhonda Nixon, the new superintendent here for the school district. Um, She has seemingly had a pretty smooth transition. She indicated it to me as much when I spoke to her briefly a couple of weeks ago after that return to school plan was unveiled by the province. Uh, But from a board perspective, I guess, just how have things gone in in seeing that transition at the the top of the board here? It's gone very smoothly. Of course, we have we have Superintendent Nixon as our new superintendent and Secretary Treasurer Cassidy, who moved up from the director of finance role. So we've had a, a, a great school start up. Uh, we have, um, we've also got two new assistant superintendents. So really there's been a lot of change, but it's been very positive. And even with all of the, the fires and the COVID startup, we're, we're really seeing a smooth transition and we're looking forward to a really great year. Perfect. And one other thing I wanted to touch on, just because we haven't had a chance to speak really much over the course of the summer, but, uh, you know, a two-week spring break is finally being implemented after, you know, some calls have been, been made for that for quite some time. Uh, not not a whole lot to get into in terms of the news value of this, but just I thought it might be worth a message to parents to say, uh, you know, it might be, might be worthwhile looking into a, a plan right now to be ready for a two-week spring break to make sure they're not caught off guard when all of a sudden it shows up. Yeah, we did receive uh, confirmation from the Minister of Education that our new school calendars with the two-year spring break and also with the new statutory holidays for the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation Mm -hmm. on September 30th, they were approved. And so they have been uploaded now. Uh, We'll be running with those calendars this year. So I think students and and staff will be very excited to, to see those changes. I think they will too. Rhonda, thank you so much for the time. As always, always enjoy catching up with you. It's been uh, it's been a little while, so happy to speak to you again today. And I'm sure we'll have uh, pretty frequent conversations here in the the weeks and months ahead. So thanks so much for this today, and uh, I hope you had a, a fantastic summer and are ready for uh, a, a good school year ahead. Thanks for having me, Jess. And uh, anytime, I'm happy to come and chat. All right. Well, hold it to that. Rhonda Kershaw right there, chair of the Kamloops Thompson School District Board. One thing that uh, she was unable to answer for me, and that's why we uh, didn't really get into it, so I, I asked her prior to us jumping on there, but I just wanted to know what was potentially the plan when it comes to contract tracing at schools this year. Will letters be going out uh, every time there is potential exposure? Um, she didn't have a concrete answer on that, so that's why we didn't get into it, but it was somewhat addressed today in the COVID-19 update from Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bond. Henry. So here's what she had to say about sort of how those notices will be going out this school year uh, if there is potential exposure events that occur at schools across the province. We will not be doing the, the uh, notifications to school if there's been a single exposure. They'll be doing an assessment as we do for every communicable disease and every individual who's at risk will be notified. So it will be, uh, we've heard very clearly from uh, people that uh, that the majority of people felt that uh, the school-based letters were more anxiety-provoking than helpful, but we will absolutely be keeping the schools informed and working with the schools 
schools with our school response teams to make sure that every single case in the school setting is identified, the contacts are managed, and that the people um, are informed about what's happening in the school setting. And yes, every cluster or outbreak will be reported. All right, so in terms of those notices to parents, things will go a, a little bit differently here in the 2021-22 school year, at least uh, for the early part of the school year, and we'll see how things maybe are adjusted, as they so often are, uh, once time rolls along.